Hello and welcome to the GTR News Brief. It's Wednesday, February 17th, and here are a few of the top stories from the world of trade and trade finance this week. After months of deadlocks, the World Trade Organization has named Nigeria's Ngozi Onkonjo Iweala as its seventh director general. Her historic appointment, she is both the first woman and first African to take on the top job, comes at a particularly tumultuous time for world trade. Upon taking office on March 1st, she'll need to tackle reform of the WTO dispute settlement system, an overhaul of its rulebook, and a potential rethink of the developing developed nation dichotomy, which some WTO members argue creates unfair advantages for countries such as China and India. Global commodity trader Trafigura is set to secure a new sustainability-linked revolving credit facility as it works to cut its carbon footprint and boost renewables. As part of the RCF, which is due to be signed in late March, Trafigura will have to cut its own direct and indirect greenhouse gas emissions by 30% in the next three years. But it's yet to set a target for cutting Scope 3 emissions, a type of emission born out of the activities of assets or organisations Trafigura doesn't own, such as shipping companies. Meanwhile, despite plans to spend big on renewables in the next five years, Trafigura says it's not looking to reduce its oil activities. According to the International Maritime Organisation, the number and severity of attacks on vessels by pirates in the Gulf of Guinea are increasing, posing a threat to global trade and the safety of seafarers working in the region. In a letter to all agencies of the United Nations, IMO Secretary-General Kitak Lim writes that piracy in the Gulf presents a serious and immediate threat to crews and vessels operating in West African waters. Meanwhile, a seafarer trade union has called for governments to do more following the killing of a seafarer and the kidnapping of 15 crew members in one attack. In other news, nearly 11 tonnes of Colombian gold exports to the US were mis-invoiced between 2010 and 2018, new research suggests, prompting warnings that illicit metals trading is proving even more lucrative than cocaine to South America's criminal gangs. According to a study by US think tank Global Financial Integrity, there is a vast difference between the value of gold exports declared by Colombian traders and the equivalent import figures in the US. The accumulated value gap over that eight-year period, both from over- and under-invoicing gold trades, is estimated at around $2.7 billion. Now we turn to a major story from last week. Foreign businesses and investors that bet on a democratic Myanmar have been left rattled and are exiting the country following a military coup in which the leader of the ruling National League for Democracy party, Aung San Suu Kyi, was detained. The Tamador, Myanmar's military, took control of the government by force at the start of this month, when NLD's first parliamentary session had been due to start. Earlier, I spoke to reporter Maddie White to find out which companies have said they're leaving and how the new Joe Biden administration might react to the coup. So Myanmar was already facing serious economic and social problems because of the pandemic and the coup will really compound and intensify those issues. Uh, 
But what we do know is that the coup has already caused significant civil unrest and made doing business in Myanmar very difficult for foreign companies and investors. So Maddie, how is the coup impacting foreign businesses and investment in the country? Several businesses and investors have said that they will cut ties with Myanmar and the two military-owned holding companies, so Myanmar Economic Corporation, MEC, and Myanmar Economic Holdings Limited, MEHL, which both have stakes in various sectors. Japanese beer company Kieran said that it will withdraw from a joint venture with MEHL after deciding to invest in Myanmar in 2015. Um, Lim Carling, co-founder of Singapore gaming company Razor, said that he will give up his one-third stake in a joint venture that owns RMH Singapore, which in turn holds 49% of Myanmar's military-linked Virginia Tobacco Company. And the Thai property giant Amata has also said that work has been suspended on a large project in Yangon, Myanmar's biggest city, because of the coup. Maddie. What happens if the military leaders hold an election in a year, as they're promising? Well, even if the Tatmadaw holds new elections one year from now, as it says it will, uncertainty for foreign investors and businesses very much remains an issue. Nobody knows what those elections will look like and ultimately who will run the country in a year. That makes Myanmar very unstable, which will deter foreign investment and companies. Stability is really key here. In general, Myanmar has long been isolated from the international community and has such struggled to secure finance. Corruption and opaqueness have also made it difficult for businesses to operate in the country, as well as development institutions to offer assistance. And Maddie, the coup looks to be one of Biden's first major foreign policy tests since coming to office. What action might the new administration take? So US President Joe Biden has condemned the coup, saying it is a direct assault on the country's transition to democracy and the rule of law. Biden also said that the US will take appropriate action in reviewing and imposing sanctions on the state and associated individuals. It seems that if the Tatmadaw doesn't relinquish its power, there is a high chance of new sanctions. However, a report by Viris Maplecroft finds that any sanctions imposed over the coup will likely have a limited impact because many of the relevant individuals and entities have already been sanctioned by the Trump administration over the Rohingya crisis. And it actually says that any new sanctions would make it harder for responsible companies to keep operating in Myanmar due to reputational and ESG risks. It's probably also worth pointing out that any countermeasures from the US, like sanctions, would probably drive Myanmar closer to China, with Myanmar remaining an attractive long-term destination for investment, particularly in energy, mining and infrastructure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the GTR News Brief. We'll have more stories from the world of trade and trade finance soon. The music used for this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod with his track Loopster, as well as South London Hi-Fi with their track Sunrise Drive. Thanks for listening.